This week, uh, regardless of expense, we're able to bring you most of the stars, to say nothing of the moon, the earth, and the sun. And if that isn't value for money, we don't know what is. DJ Demos. My name is MC Phobos. Welcome to a particularly cosmological edition of uh, Project Moonbase entitled The Planets. Yes, it's a concept album this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the show. We'll get this pressed onto a triple vinyl album. Yeah, we must get a kettle drum. <laughs> just for a really portentous introduction. <laughs> Each of our track introductions will have a kettle drum underneath it. When our recent hostage, Space Disco Jeff, was at the moon base, he pointed out a rather obvious omission in our history of never having had the planets as a theme of Project Moonbase, which frankly is remarkable and a little bit uh, outrageous. Well, that's uh, why we had to bundle him back into a pod and eject him immediately. <laughs> that's right. So back to planet Earth. Safely dispatched. So we're going to take you on a journey, dear listener. Really? <laughs> journey is that? A journey is that? <laughs> well, have a look at the planets. <laughs> Why have you gone all bumpkin on? No, I was going American. Oh, take really? Take you on a journey. I thought it sounds a little I wasn't bit going west for the, country. I wasn't going Wurzel. Come on, have a look at the planets. We're going to take you all on a journey. Get some uh, scrumpy <laughs> and a smock and let's have a look at the planets. <laughs> Do you think the Wurzels have done a cover of Hosts, the Planets, like the entire suite? <laughs> it's almost inevitable, isn't it? Arruarruar Mars! We've got a brand new intergalactic space rocket and I'll give you the key. The show is now complete. What's happened? Something's gone wrong. Yes, we're going to take you from uh, the innermost planet, Mercury, all the way, planet by planet out to the last planet then it still is a planet as far as we're concerned the planet pluto yes absolutely and it always will be (laughs) pluto yes hashtag pluto yes or hashtag pluto no i don't care what some american scientists think about pluto when i was growing up pluto was a, a planet and a respectable one and a cartoon dog as you should be determined by hashtag. I think that's reasonable, isn't it? Exactly. That's the new way. That's that's the way forward. <laughs> it is, yes. Very shortly, we're going to be setting light to our booster rockets and getting underway. But before that, dear listen, we do, of course, have MC Phobos and his unnecessary news. Oh, that's right. This week, we discuss the art of planking and its importance in modern culture. <laughs> we're going to plank on each planet, actually. Planking on the planets. <laughs> so to start with, a track we have played before on the show, which is a bit a bit shocking. I know we try not to do that very often, but there aren't that many songs or tunes about planet Mercury. Now, if you would like to rectify that, please do that <laughs> and let us know, and we'll be happy to uh, you know use that. Yes, this comes from a great fifties uh, pre-synthesizer kind of sound effects and uh, electronics-dominated album by the great composer Russ Garcia, his own concept album, Music from Outer Space, called Fantastica, and this track is called Volcanoes of Mercury. Thank you. 
was Claude Donjon with a track called Venus. The album is Moog 
exclamation point. Yes. A French, a French gentleman. Yes. And we were discussing, have we played that track before? We have. I mean, it's almost inevitable, isn't it, with a, with a name mm. like Moog exclamation point? That's I, going to come up fairly early in the search. I, th- I don't know that we've played him on the podcast, but we certainly have played him on the radio show before. But yes, a classic version of a classic tune there. Moogsploitation yes. from 1971 there. Mm. And before that, Russ Garcia's Volcanoes of Mercury. Yes. And we did a, a show about Russ Garcia called Fantastica, episode 62. Yes, I believe that we were celebrating the great man's centenary. And that's obviously from his 1959 album, mm. Fantastica. Yes, nice, nice, nice sound of something bubbling through something thick and gloopy there. It sounds like he's cooking something up, doesn't <laughs> it? And he does, is. Yeah. He is. <laughs> he what certainly is, he? is. Lava. <laughs> Hashtag lava, yes. You're listening to a suitably planetary edition of Project Moonbase on this week's edition of the show. Interplanetary. Interplanetary, that's right. The show is a weekly show. If you want to find out when the next edition of the show is available to download or listen to, probably the best thing to do is to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash projectmoonbase. If you want to find out more details about the music or the news stories, however, please visit our website. Yes, head on over to projectmoonbase.com where you'll find everything you need to know about the show and how to contact us. You'll see a list of all the tracks we play and links to where you can find them on Amazon and iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, please subscribe, review and click five stars. Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show, so if you're thinking of making a purchase on Amazon, you could help us out hugely by going to our website, going to the top right-hand corner of the homepage, clicking the Amazon affiliate button, and making your purchase. It won't cost you anything, it's entirely anonymous, and it keeps us in Van Allen belts and Van Allen braces. Thanks to everybody for listening and recommending us to your friends. If you enjoy the show, you can make a tiny but perfectly formed monthly donation if you go to projectmoonbase.com, under each episode of the show, there is a button which says Donate Now, and you can donate as little as a pound a month if you want. That will help keep the vacuum of space at bay. <laughs> yes. What we have done to the world 
Look what we have done. What about all the peace that you paid Yongi San? What about falling fields? Is there a time? What about all the dreams that you said were yours and mine? Did you ever stop to notice all the children that for more? Did you ever stop to notice this crying with the ripping sword? Quite a moving moment there for, the, for this week's show. I bet you weren't expecting that, dear listener. 
<laughs> it's been a while since we've tangled with Wing. Yes. But that was a very moving mm. rendition of the Earth song, of, of course, course, from the King of Pop himself. Yes. She's done several magnificent versions of Michael Jackson songs, and that's that's one of them. <laughs> Earth song is quite lethargic, it is. even in the original, so <laughs> she didn't have to slow it down. No, not really, no. That's, I think that's pretty much the original tempo. That comes from a recent album with a brilliant title, one of the greatest titles ever. Wing sings for all the single ladies and raps for all the safe parties. <laughs> And we hope you're having a safe party as you enjoy this week's show, dear listener. Yeah. If you feel yourself being unsafe, just hug a cushion or something. <laughs> just rock, rock backwards and forwards. That's what I do when I'm in my cage. <laughs> and now, dear listener, it's time for us to turn our solar panels in the direction of the energy-giving rays of unnecessary news. Rampage by a feral pig that consumed 18 beers has prompted warnings for people at campsites to properly secure their food. And alcohol. <laughs> the pig struck at the De Grey River rest area near the remote Western Australian town of Port Headland. The animal was seen stealing three six-packs of beer from the campus before ransacking rubbish bags for food. But how did it open them with its little tick, tick, tick? You know, yes, they've got those little ring pulls, haven't they? <laughs> did they do that? One camper reported seeing the pig guzzling the beer before getting involved in an altercation with a cow. <laughs> in the middle of the night, these people camping opposite us heard a noise, so they got their torch out and they shone it on a pig, and there he was, scrunching away at their cans. Ah. Who estimated the pig had consumed 18 beers. So he sat there counting. <laughs> one. That's another one there. That's the 18th scrunching so That's the 18th scrunching right there. Then he uh, went along and raided all the rubbish bags, and there were some of the people camping right on the river. They saw him being chased around their vehicle by a cow. So it was a bit of give and take between pig and cow. <laughs> Clearly. The pig was reportedly last seen resting under a tree, possibly nursing a hangover. Feral pigs are considered an invasive pest in many parts of Australia, despite the behaviour being about the same as any rugby player <laughs> or Australian. <laughs> These feral pigs drink our beer, roll around in our trash and chase our cows. We were going to do that, said one Australian. In other drunken news, Nicola, Nicola Saunderson sparked mayhem after pushing children out of the way to get on a fairground ride, which was a uh, bucking bronco. And uh, one of the few adventures of being a grown-up, isn't it? <laughs> being able to right, push yeah. children aside. Right. Absolutely. Grandma Saunderson bit two <laughs> orange men on the legs during a row after barging her way to the front of a queue for a bucking bon bronco ride. Grandma Saunderson got into the scuffle with two members of the Young Conquerors orange band who tried to stop her. Robert Logan, defending, told Air Sheriff's Court she was, she was pulled to the ground and held there by both men who were sitting on her. <laughs> Steady on. That's a granny you're sitting on there. That's how she managed to bite their legs. The court heard that she was highly intoxicated at the fun day in Drongan Ayrshire. Saunderson admitted assaulting two men. She also admitted assaulting her ex, Derek McCracken, and his brother, William. <laughs> And she also admitted to driving without insurance, failing to give a breath test and struggling with police officers after being stopped in New Crummock. Mr. Logan said when she's drunk, she gets involved in these situations and gets the worst of it. Sheriff Desmond Leslie and 
said Sanderson had 16 previous convictions <laughs> and jailed her for a total of seven months. Well, that seems a bit excessive, but uh, we frown on sectarian nibbling here on the moon. <laughs> we do, yes. As a rule. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so it's, that's, it's booze. And then a final booze-related story, revelers um, are involved in some, some activity, some late-night activity. A group of young men... This is, I mean, you, we just know what's going to happen. A group of young men on a night out in Boston, Lincolnshire, were caught on a CCTV camera setting aside their kebabs to fix a damaged bike rack. <laughs> yes, the rack, which had been damaged for several weeks, caught the men's attention as they queued for kebabs in Boston's marketplace in the early hours of the morning. Footage shows the group putting down their takeaways and using their muscles to unbend the thick metal hoop which had been damaged when a car reversed into it. <laughs> Video footage shows the group discussing a strategy before spending almost 13 minutes straightening the metal hook at 3am. The damage and had been reported to the council, but the young men stepped in before it was repaired. <laughs> Draw your own conclusions. <laughs> they should be served with an anti-asbo, shouldn't they? <laughs> the un-asbo. Do whatever you like. <laughs> uh, Boston Boston Borough Council said it was surprised by their actions and called it public spirited. I bet they've never done that before, have they? <laughs> um, uh, what happened? <laughs> Peter Hun, <laughs> Boston Borough Council safety officer, said we recorded the whole sequence. At first, two lads had a go, and then encouraged others to help. At one point, five were pushing and pulling to look at the bike rack. Now you would hardly know it had been damaged. So, booze, it's not all rolling around in trash and biting ankles. Sometimes it's bending metal hoops with muscles. Yes. You have been used. Singulotomy. Thank you, Zucanium. Thank you, sir. For that highly reparatory selection of new stories. Happy more later in the show. Now we're going to progress in an orderly manner to uh, Mars. Mars, of course, named after the Roman god of war. It's the bringer of war, isn't it? Yes. Mars is the bringer of war. It's like the war waiter. <laughs> it's not like, hey, I'm in charge of war. No. It's like, waiter, bring me some war. <laughs> some and Mars war. brings, brings the right. war. As yeah. you're saying, Gustav. <laughs> We couldn't entirely neglect the fact that certain Gustav Holst, of course, wrote a suite of pieces of music about the planets, and Mars Bringer Roy is probably his most famous, well, one of his most famous suites. So we were hunting for a good version of that tune, and of course there are quite a few versions of it out there, but I'm delighted to say we did find a chiptune version. Hurrah! So we're kind of uh, knocking off two birds with one stone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know much about this uh, gentleman. I don't think this is easily available. You can get it on YouTube, however. It's on a channel, a YouTube channel called The Daily Beethoven, which I think started out as a, a, a sort of uh, transcription or analysis of uh, scores of Beethoven and how you might kind of play them on various uh, computer systems. But I uh, think he's moved on to just uploading interesting <laughs> versions of classical music by other composers. And so he has done a rather lovely version of uh, the very famous Mars, the Bringer of War.
the daily Beethoven's faithful yes but nevertheless a delightful version of Mars Bringer of War by Gustav Holst slightly less portentous than the chiptune <laughs> rendering yes and nevertheless retaining some of its tuneful charm <laughs> it does yeah good work well done yeah, I'm <laughs> very keen on the daily Beethoven I'd like to hear more oh well, yes I'm sure there is more to be had if we can find a released version of that number, it'd be nice to think he's done a whole album of chiptune version of Holst's Suite of the Planets but um, we'll keep our eyes open if anyone knows any more about the daily Beethoven, please get in touch. Or if you are the Daily Beethoven. The Daily Beethoven. I'd like to think we've gone to an extra level of detail for the journey. It's very meticulous, isn't it? It's very meticulous. We know exactly where we are in in the solar system at this particular moment. And I think we're we're just heading towards an asteroid belt, aren't we? In homage to that, we've got a track (laughs) written by the the great Pete Moore. He was married to uh, show favourite Babs Moore. Show friend. Friend and humanitarian (laughs) and British composer, living British composer. (laughs) Yes. And national treasure. That's right. Babs Moore. And when he was part of... Pearl and Dean. Now, that na- <laughs> if that name does not resonate with you, then I don't know what to say. Pearl and Dean. Oh, yes. Yes. This is, of course, Asteroid. <laughs> Thank you. 
was the splendiferous asteroid from the magnificent Pearl and Dean. And, and you've never heard the rest of that, have you? Because you were too busy running off to get a hot dog that's been gently, gently warming for three and a half mm. days, just at, just at putrefaction temperature, looked over by some spotty oik who isn't really yes. paying attention. No. In that vein, drinks and, uh, and sweets are available in the foyer if you'd like to run out. Stale popcorn is oh, available yes. in the foyer. Mm. We can drench it in salt. I believe there is a curry house near here as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which you might wish to enjoy after the film. <laughs> yes, that's right. And then perhaps you could get your brown 1980s <laughs> Rover dealt with at a local garage. <laughs> Now, that was quite a pleasant journey through the asteroid belt there. It was, wasn't it? It was, it was quite, it's quite easy. It's quite <laughs> it was fun. Really easy. I enjoyed that. We could do that again. <laughs> Having made it through the asteroid belt, we're going to now visit a brace of gas giants. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is what happens after you've had too many yeah, hot dogs. You've, had, you've enjoyed too much popcorn, too many hot dogs. <laughs> oh, dear. That curry. <laughs> For the first of these selections, we're going to return to the, the planets by Gustav Holst. This time, another artist we don't play enough of on the show, the great Japanese modular synthesizer enthusiast, Isao Tomita. He did an entire album of the planets. We're going to play his lovely version of Jupiter, the bringer of jollity. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's a fabulous pair of uh, gassy giants there. <laughs> that uh, latter track comes from a German slash Austrian band <laughs> called Ganymed, and uh, very much of the space disco ilk. And you might not be too surprised that that was brought to our attention by Space Disco Jeff, and we shall dedicate to that uh, to you, Jeff. Thanks for uh, coming up to the moon recently and for suggesting this week's theme as well. It turns out that every member of the band had a rather rather amusing pseudonym, including Kronk Pulsaria, Vend Izzel. Kak and Sook. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, if you look at their real names, which are very long. <laughs> yes, that's true, actually. It's understandable. It is reasonable. And Falco even played for them <laughs> in their last concert. He uh, played bass. The great Falco. <laughs> He'll is be it missed. time to make him a featured artist? Maybe, um, maybe well, not. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, he's not yeah. going to get to 80, though, is he? That's a rather a bleak observation. Has he popped off, is he? Oh, he's did. Oh, is he? Didn't know yeah. that. Sorry. R.I.P. It's a moment of silence for Falco. R.I.P. Falco. Now, before we proceed to the last three planets on our journey through the solar system this week, dear listener, it's time for us to tighten the Trojan belt of unnecessary news. So-called entertainer Yuri Geller and other <laughs> villagers say they are mystified by the appearance of a bright red letterbox a metre above water level on the parapet of a bridge over the River Thames in Sonning, Berkshire. Which apparently is where he lives, isn't it? I think. It's where he lives. The box has been placed in the middle of the river on the buttress of a bridge. <laughs> Useful. Mm, handy. Residents of Sonning-on-Thames, Berkshire, said the box could only be reached by river users, water gypsies or merpersons. <laughs> Mr Geller... <laughs> who has lived in the village for 33 years, said he has never seen anything like it. Well, I expect he's seen that bridge before. And I expect that he's also seen a postbox before. So he's lying, isn't he? <laughs> this is a very unusual village, he added. There are many sightings of a child ghost that walks on the bridge. Maybe it was the ghost of a mischievous little girl, he added irrelevantly. <laughs> I have never seen anything like this before anywhere in the world, he said. This is new to me. Royal Mail spokesman Val Bodden said, The recent appearance of the postbox frontage on the side of the river bridge in Sonning is a mystery to us. It certainly is not an operational posting facility, and we have no knowledge of it or how it arrived at this location. I have. J'accuse, so-called entertainer slash millionaire slash charlatan. Yuri Geller. J'accuse you of uh, putting that there. Hey, though, would he? Would he get his feet wet? He'd probably get his minions to do it. Draw your own conclusions. A collie from Norwich has secured an unusual place in the record books by becoming the world's fastest tightrope walking dog. It's news to me that there are any tightrope walking I was going to say, dogs. I didn't know there was any competition. It's just like, this isn't just a tightrope walking dog. This is the world's fastest tightrope walking dog. Balancing on his hind legs, his skills on the rope have earned Osbert Humperdink Pumperdink, <laughs> a.k.a. Ozzy. Oh, yeah. A place in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> the four-year-old Border Collie slash Kelpie crossbreed... Kelpie? I know. <laughs> ...crossed a 3.5-metre rope in 18.22 seconds at the Faith Animal Rescue Centre in Norfolk. I like they're rescuing animals and then forcing them to do circus tricks <laughs> through the flaming hoop. And uh, winning the title for fastest crossing of a tightrope by a dog. 
Now, a Kelpie is a shape-shifting horse. <laughs> That's right. Uh, a, a shape-shifting horse-like water spirit said to haunt the rivers and streams of Scotland. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So that's so, an unusual crossbreed, a, isn't it? I've never heard of that crossbreed before. Ozzy lives in Norwich with his owner, 51-year-old Nick Johnson, who has no formal dog training experience. <laughs> is there such a thing as formal dog training experience? Anyway, apparently he learned his tricks on the internet. What, so the this, collie? The dog has been on the internet. <laughs> Tightrope walking is just one of the pet's talents, which also includes swinging on a chain, free running along a narrow ledge, or balancing on Mr. Nick Johnson's shoulders as he cycles. Ozzy can also speak Mandarin Chinese. <laughs> Mr. Johnson added, It makes me feel so happy and proud that Ozzy and I have such a strong friendship and relationship that we can work together on tricks and games that, that, that get the recognition of the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, I, I would like a dog now. I've seen this dog, and I would like a collie slash shape-shifting horse like... <laughs> Water spirit cross, if possible. <laughs> Get it at the local pet shop. Yeah, I'd like this. Uh, I'd like this uh, Labrador crossed with a unicorn, or a, or a griffin, if possible. It's nice to have uh, like something that's friendly. Yeah. A nice temperament and something that's mythological. Maybe a budgie crossed with the dragon. Oh, danger! Oh, breaking news: the mystery letterbox in the middle of the Thames <laughs> will be removed. Oh. The mystery letterbox which appeared on the buttress of a bridge which was only accessible by boat will be removed as it breaks planning laws. <laughs> Despite the fact that most lo locals see the prank as a bit of fun, the bridge is a listed structure and any alterations would have to be approved in advance by the council. Local councillor Mike Haynes said. Ultimately, it will have to come down. The bridge is a grade two listed structure and it can't stay there forever. One or two residents have mentioned that they are not quite so happy about it, he said. The letterbox has nothing to do with the Royal Mail, who said they have no idea how it got there, and therefore the council will have to remove it. I think it's a bit of fun, Mr Haynes said. It hasn't done anybody any harm, and it has brought some attention to Sonning, which is a lovely place. But it's the council's job to stamp out any kind of jollity, eccentricity or unauthorised fun. It has done no damage, but it will have to be torn down at some point. Well, that's as good reason as any, isn't it? As one commenter said, I'm sure it will take a large team of experts to formulate a thorough risk assessment. No doubt Sonning and the surrounding area will have to be fully closed and evacuated until then. You have been used. Resotomy. Mm. Thank you, Mrs. Cunningham. Thank you, sir. For that uh, spoon-bending selection of news stories, and there'll be more next week's show. We're to explore Uranus. That's why we're here. I know that. We've got a job to do.
Antonio <laughs> Carlos Jobim, mm. with Neptune's Heptune mm. from Love Strings and Robin. I suspect the original doesn't have so much to do with the planet. Morte de undios de jal. Tenuous. What does that mean then? I don't know. But it's Mort uh, sounds like death. <laughs> it does. That means it? death in a lot of uh, languages, isn't it? Death of <laughs> maybe God? I don't know. <laughs> We're floundering, dear listener. Who knows? Have they got any Brazilian listeners out there? Now's your chance. Did you say Manor Astro? I did, Manor Astro. Right, man. Well, Professor right. Brian Cox, you who did? just popped Sorry. in to do that. Yeah. Mention about Uranus. <laughs> it's for science. It is. <laughs> or Uranus, as he likes to call it. Uranus. <laughs> no, nobody pronounces Uranus. it. Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> Before that, that was Manor Astro, man. Having a look at Uranus there. <laughs> Which somebody's got to do, haven't they, for science. <laughs> I am Professor Brian Cox. In case you didn't recognise. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, Brian. It's all right, don't worry about it. Magnificent space. Space, it's magnificent. I'm lisping through space. Well, dear listener, I have been DJ Demos. And I have been MC Phobos. Oh. Oh. Do you enjoy joining us on this journey on this week's show from the innermost to the outermost planet of the solar system? I have been MC Phobos, and I hope you enjoyed circumnavigating the solar system. <laughs> mm, what a journey. We're going to leave you with a very odd, very strange bit of uh, early 70s Moog Scar. A band we have featured on the show before, not for a very, very long time, I don't think on the podcast. I think you can get this as a twofer, certainly in a download form as a twofer. I'm not sure whether you can get it on CD, but if you can, we'll make it available to you, Lulu. This is the very odd Colonel Elliot and the Lunatics, originally recorded on an album called Interstellar Reggae Drive. The whole album is essentially a bonus set of bonus tracks to an album called Star Trek, rather confusingly. Nothing to do with the series. No, I don't think so, no. Although there are references to to uh, Spock and that sort of like on the Star Trek album. This comes from Interstellar Reggae Drive and it's a tune of their own called Plutonian Pogo Stick. Until next week, dear listener. Look, look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. <laughs> Thank you.
Dear listener, and journey with us to hear sounds never heard before as we look for somewhere to land. 